And good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, I am joined by a couple people that are representing the Fresno School District, uh, one that hopes to be on the board and one of the few points of light on that board. Um, welcome. Welcome, Eric. Today, uh, I have Andy Fabula and Terry Sladek. Um, before we get there, though, I have some opportunities to get involved. Um, first one is actually about people that, in Clovis that are talking about exiting schools, and public schools need to hear that. They need to realize that if they don't raise their game and begin to educate students, people are going to find alternatives. So this is at 6 p.m. tonight, 120, at 854 North Fowler Avenue in Clovis. Um, There'll be speakers, there'll be people talking about homeschooling and other opportunities to kind of get away from the public school system. Um, I hope we can save the public school system and I wouldn't be here talking to these two gentlemen if, if all three of us did not believe it can be saved. But competition breeds ex excellence. And so I think that looking into alternatives and making public schools realize they need to step up, they need to focus on education is truly important. <clears throat> yes. Um, another event is a medical freedom event. They're having a rally from two to four. This is Sunday, one twenty-three, and it is at Clovis and Shaw. Um, just go out. Um, if you don't have signs, that's okay. There are several people that have extra signs. You know, just because our president, President Brandon, lost on the vaccine mandates doesn't mean this is over because we have King Newsom still, and he doesn't seem to care about our rights or our constitution. So... Go out, give them some support. Monday, 124, the Clovis Chapter of Constitutionalists for California is having a, a, our weekly meeting. So that's 6.30 p.m. at 1123 Railroad Avenue. Tuesday, 125, that is the Kingsburg Chapter of Constitutionalists for California. They also have a 6.30 time. It's at 15,000 Rose Avenue. It is going to be a dinner social meeting, so... If you just wanted an opportunity to get to know the people, here's a good way to kind of have an intro and go, these are my kind of people. Uh, that as is at Kelly Casa in Kingsburg. There's, it's right by the, the gym on Draper Street and the railroad tracks. Um, won't be hard to find. Those avenue, not very, very it's going to be a dinner social meeting. So can't find it, just ask somebody. If you just wanted an opportunity. Everybody's going to know. Final event I have on my calendar. This one's about election integrity. This will be February 5th. It is the Election Integrity Forum. Um, it is hosted by Secretary of State candidate Rachel Hamm. But we have uh, Linda Payne from Election Integrity Project. She'll be speaking. We have a cyber expert, Colonel Phil Waldron. We have several other people that are, are going to be participating in that. This should be a big event, a couple hundred people. If you're interested, you can go to ACCFEI.org. I will put it in the Facebook show notes. Um, I'll figure out, I'll try to figure out how to also post it in the note in the comments uh, for Spotify and for YouTube. But if you care about election integrity, this is a big event. We just celebrated Martin Luther King's birthday and it was a little before my last show, so I just I thought I, I wanted to pay homage to somebody that I consider one of my heroes. The left seems to have moved beyond Martin Luther King and has decided that we need racism 
typically called critical race theory as a way to take care of racism rather than moving to a society where we judge each other by the content of our character. And I, I think that's truly sad. The man is a hero of mine. He wasn't perfect, just like every great man in history. But he had some phenomenal ideas that I believe have become institutional. They have, they have woven into the fabric of American society. We're still not perfect, but having a colorblind society would be a great thing. Um, I have multiple relatives of mixed race. I mentioned that because it doesn't really matter. Why do I no. mention that? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. No. They're just family. Not at all. Right. Yeah. And I, I need to just think of it that way. I'm going to go ahead and introduce my two guests. Which one of you is going to go first? The new guy. The new guy. <laughs> so, Ed. My name is Andrew Fabella. I'm a parent uh, here in Fresno. Uh, my daughter attended Fresno Unified Schools for 15 years and uh, I helped, uh, was part of her class and her education for those 15 years and saw from the inside uh, as a parent uh, the chaos that uh, exists uh, within the school district. and. Um, so I've been helping parents uh, for those past 15 years and beyond. So um, that's, uh, that's my thing right now. So I'm trying to run for school trustee so that um, I can help uh, affect change from within the district so that uh, those changes will help uh, parents and students uh, who are outside the district. Well, thank you for stepping up. Thank you. And most of my guests are major Slavic. Um, but tell me a little bit about background because I am getting new new people. Absolutely. Um, trustee Major Terry Sladek, United States Marine Corps, retired, uh, born in New York City, raised in Florida, been to 34 countries, 49 states in two wars, uh, been on the school board, you know, fighting the insane leftists, all of them, um, every single day for the last 3.25 years or such. Um, they got crazier last year, feeling empowered with the even behind your, your backs, if you would. Um, things I wish I could tell you that they say in closed session. You know, anyone who's watching, that, that it is crazy time. But crazy on exponential steroids, if you could hear the things I hear that I can't discuss, I can sit there and say, your head would explode if you heard the things they say in closed session. Um, but it, it is that bad, which illustrates their intent to keep taking crazier and crazier and crazier and, you know, making it, you know, getting, getting rid of your segue from Dr. King. There's no more equality in these folks' minds. It's all about equity. Equity, again, let's be crystal clear, listening audience. Equality means equal opportunity. Equity in this definition as these trustees use it, and, and, and Newsom and Biden and all these folks, it means equal outcome. And, and you know, at some point, if we, illustrate what does equity grading look like if we can capture that on the show right now sometime today everyone's head will explode and, and they will vote for mr fabella and anybody else who's you know, wants equality back well kind of i just read an article by uh, larry elder equal rights deserved by all equal results deserved by none um i kind of think that is the american way we're very much about meritocracy and we were yeah, yeah. Well, we're, some of us are still fighting for it. Right. right. But how do you get excellence without meritocracy? 
Instead, it's just all you get is mediocrity if, if it's all about equity. To these radical leftists, though, Eric and Andy and the audience, the only thing that matters, and I'm not pointing out something you all don't know, everyone, it's all about that we mean well. Okay? And it's the emotion, the execution of the plan um, in the instant that you achieve with such a, a thing is irrelevant. Well, we mean well. Yeah. You can, you can mean well all you want. You can, you can want people to like you, but in the end, you'll never accomplish anything. That's your main goal is to have people to like you. Uh, your main purpose should be, how am I going to assist children uh, in their uh, educational endeavors? And, and how am I going to assist the tools, uh, the primary tool that children have in order to learn, that is their teachers. Uh, so how can I assist them uh, first and foremost? Uh, how do I integrate parents back into the classroom so that their child and their community uh, will take education seriously? No, that's, uh, that's an important point. Um, you've largely done that over the last 15 years. You've advocated for your child, yes. and you've been to how many board meetings? Over 250. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I'm proud to say I've now been to 15 in Clovis and <laughs> I think five in Fresno. I live in yeah. Clovis, so I don't make Fresno quite as often. But. Yeah, uh, it was it was really when my daughter first entered uh, Fresno Unified, I thought, you know, it, it was just going to be I'm going to go into her classroom and help tutor and whatever and help the teacher out. And then as you see it more and more happening, you see teachers that didn't want to teach. You see disruptive kids. You see, uh, well, actually, in my case, uh, the school being so academically inept that the state of California came and took it in and took it away from Fresno Unified and said, you can't have it. And so I had to actually go out into the, into the community and say, I need you to come back to your school so you can help your teachers. So if you want uh, art, if you want music, or any of those kinds of things, you're gonna have to come back and, and be a part of the educational system because right now it's broken. So you stepped out to your community. Yeah, I walked- to try to, you to try to fix it. You, this isn't a guy that just stood by. He went, no. there's an issue. No, Let's I, fix this. This is kind of American in, in, ingenuity. Yeah, I, I understood that in order for my daughter to get the best education at that school, I was going to have to help all the students because the state of California was not going to leave until every grade level was at, pro, at some kind of proficiency level that was a, a good standard. So that meant helping she was in, in kindergarten, I'd help the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade as well. And then going out into the community and bringing them back and say, look, your kid needs to be helped. Let me know what your child needs. Is he a special needs child? I can get you that. I can go downtown, go to a meeting and say, uh, uh, where's your super, assistant superintendent in charge of, of uh, special education? You know, I need that. I need to see that person because I have a person, a teacher, a parent over here whose child isn't getting services. You know, so... Those are things I had, and that's one of the reasons why I've been to over 250 board meetings because of parents coming to me and saying and seeing me on 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 the uh, on, on the internet at school board meetings, uh, getting services for kids, and they're saying, "Well, maybe I can ask this guy because he doesn't seem to be afraid." Uh, at the time, it was Superintendent Nelson or or the school board or any of the uh, super, superintendents that were there. He's telling them, you know, right off, you know. So I just they'd come to my door and say, "Hey, I need help." So you became an advocate for basically your community. Yes, exactly. Just people of, of Fresno Unified. And uh, I, I didn't realize it, it until uh, I found out, found so many parents coming to and knocking on my door or calling me in the middle of the night, you know, uh, 
it was it was both shocking and at some point rewarding as well people always ask how much you get paid how much you get paid um i, I haven't gotten a penny you know over 15 years and it, it's not going to be great pay for being one of those seven members on the school district board well, minimum I, wage yeah well i'm not planning on i plan on giving some of that back to the schools as well if they need resources or something uh if if they want to have a family dance um to bring the community together and and uh, and bring families together so they can meet one another you know i'll sponsor that with with part of the money i make you know how did the two of you then meet because both of you got into this because you care about the kids well andy's uh, uh children um okay this is bizarre idiosyncratic thing that you can live in an area in terms of unified, there's there's election boundaries and attendance boundaries, and they're not the same thing. So Andy happens of to, course, yeah. of course not. Yeah. Oh no, and we could do a two-hour show on that. <laughs> this all came out with the redistricting that's just going on right now. So Andy lives in, in one of these, not even a real small sliver, it's a pretty good-sized sliver, where he attends some of the schools, or his kids rather, attend some of the schools in the Fresno High area, and some in the Bullard High area, yet he's in the lives in the area that they would vote for him for the Fresno High trustee. So yeah. his children went to high school with my children at Bullard, yeah. despite having started down um, in the Fresno High area. Yeah. So in essence, Slater was mud. Yeah. So Slater is mud. Slater was knitting in Jello. Yeah. So Slater was a school that she it was her attendance area. That school, even though it's in the Fresno High uh, area five, it feeds into the Bullard High School uh, system. And so you have areas like that around, like hopefully got one of them fixed in reference to area four that used to encroach upon the feeder pattern of Fresno High where they took Belmont Elementary, they used to feed into Fresno High and Fort Miller uh, Middle School that fed into uh, Fresno High, but it was uh, represented by uh, area four, uh, Viva Islas. So it was just, you know, people were asking, well, wait a minute, who's representing who? And they were confused. I thought I was going to Fresno High. No, actually, the McLean person is representing you. You know, so they well, would go nuts. I hope they got some of that fixed. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's just insane to me. How is it that this culture of unaccountability, and I don't know how else to say it, how did that happen? <laughs> I mean, I've been studying the 60 hours a week now, you know, for a lot of the time as a parent, but... but Absolutely, well, 60 years a week isn't elected. And, and you know, accountability is the backbone of the Green Corps. You from the day one standing in those yellow footprints. So, I, 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 for three plus years of 60 hours a week, the only answer to that, folks, is it didn't happen overnight. It happened over, you know, 20 years ago, I'm convinced it wasn't like this, but it is now. It's, it's an insidious process of just, hey, we won't hold you accountable because we just want stuff to keep moving down the field. And we can do a two-hour show on this as well. So the short answer is it didn't happen over and we're not going to fix it. Right? We're going to fix it a lot quicker than it got this way. It got this way over a decade plus. Um, their plan exists. Uh, I don't know how much the granular we've you know, gotten you into it. The intent is this place will be turned around into a high-functioning district in three to five years. When we have four sane people on the board. Yeah, when the district, when the, excuse me, the um, uh, school superintendent, uh, prior to Bob Nelson, he wanted to have his own programs inserted. In, and so the only way to do that was to remove 
uh, assistant and associate superintendents that did not believe in these programs and uh, replaced them with uh, principals that were failing at their schools and uh, give them uh, a, a raise and a, and a promotion to, to be an assistant superintendent. And then he would just tell them, look, you want to keep that nice $180,000 job? And you want those lifetime benefits? All right, when I tell you to do something, you better do it. Okay. So those are the rubber stamp people. That was, yeah, that was the rubber stamp people. And the worst part about it was that you had a board majority that were rubber stamp people as well. It's, if, it, if, super, if it said on the, on the agenda, uh, re, superintendent recommends, they aye, aye, aye. They just they start just, that bobblehead. Uh, that bobblehead thing was going on, and that was it. And all of a sudden, you just saw ineptitude. You know, uh, people, superintendents of leadership that have, you know, 45 schools to look after and almost 45 schools are failing. You know, you ask principals who um, are supposed to know things like what, what is Title I? You know, what is, what is uh, the uh, independent or in, Individuals uh, with Disabilities and Education Act? You know, things like this that, are, that run a school and that decide uh, how much money a school is going to get and services the child's going to consume. Kind of the rules of the, the rules game of the game when, when yeah. you're interacting with. And they're supposed government. to know the playbook. Yeah, as a principal, especially as a school site principal, it's, it's so important to know the playbook. These guys don't know it. You know, I mean, I've seen a guy who was a five-year teacher, but he had a mom and a, and a principal, and the mom said, "Can you help my kid?" And the kid got his master's. He went to a, became a VP, and for two years, a VP, and then he went and got a principalship. In his, in, his in his 20s. Yeah, in his 20s, only five years in the classroom. He had more time as an administrator than he did as a teacher. When I would tell people, you know, those are the ones that are not dedicated teachers. It's simply a job, and they're trying to get the highest pay possible. You know, and this person right now, he's looking, he's looking at the downtown uh, building and saying, that's where I want to be. I want to be an assistant or an associate superintendent. Well, let, let me segue off of that one because I'm, I'm pretty sure we're speaking about the same person who shall remain nameless. But this is a person who, who you know, th theoretically, you could be a fast tracker and get it done when you get to be a principal. I will concede that. This is one of those cases. It's a person who screwed the crap out of uh, a school site uh, for three or four years. Then uh, you keep put back in the classroom. Find a whole other school site to screw it for three or four more years. And then he's at another, his third school site, and nothing's written in his file about the the, the the wake of destruction he left behind him. This is the way this place runs. Is it because he's related to somebody? Is it because... In my opinion, there's no... no you, you won't find that written anywhere, yeah. but in my opinion, of course it is. Yes. The senior staff at, uh, at uh, FUSD is defined as the cabinet. This is 27 people from the superintendent down to the, you know, I could define the roles. It almost always has um, superintendent somewhere in the role as associate, deputy superintendent, instructional superintendent. These folks are related to thousands of people that work in our 10,000 person teacher and non-teacher workforce, by blood or by marriage or close association in high school or whatever. It's, it's incestuous. In part, one of the things that has to get fixed yeah. is that has to go. So you're saying that there's a whole culture of nepotism. Oh, yeah. On steroids, necrotic, yeah. oozing nepotism. Yeah. Um, I know there's another issue. Um, it has to do with the fact that 
Fresno Unified has basically found every lawyer they could in the area, and nobody can sue them. So nobody can advocate for their kid in certain ways unless they can afford to get a lawyer out of the area. San Jose, San Francisco. Yeah. So, and, that, and that has to go, let me be clear, that will go. And you know, let's, let's quantify what you just said. It's a concept. You're absolutely right. Fresno Unified, third largest district in the state with circa 75,000 students. The second largest is, is uh, San Diego with 115,000 students. We have 28 law firms, the major 28 law firms in Central California, and some retainer agreement or representation agreement. Okay. San Diego, that's 40% bigger, has 12. You got to just look at it that way. We have easily, so should we have 28? No. Should we have 12, 10, 14? But it's not 28. And so to validate this, I sat down with the head of HR and, and superintendent since several months ago on this. And I said, you know, because they know that we're coming. We're coming to take control of this board and bring sanity back. I said, and that's one of the things that will go. And, and they both, oh, my God, we're going to get sued every day. Yes, we are. And we're going to hold the people accountable. Here's, here's an example of what I had to do to help 16 parents with special needs kids. They, they came to me, Mr. Fabella, we need help. You know, we want to sue. We don't have, we can't find anybody to sue. So I said, don't worry. Let's just go right to the floor. Let's go to the Superior Court. And we found an open judge, Alan Simpson, a retired judge. Uh, and we went to the judge and we said, you know, Your Honor, this is what's going on. These parents here are in need of services. The district is not providing them. They've gone over and over again. We're now halfway through the school year. And the judge is looking at me with this like befuddled look like, are you nuts? This is a school district that is getting hundreds of millions of dollars just to do this. And they aren't providing it. So he writes out a court order. Forget that you don't need attorneys, right? When a judge writes a court order, and he wrote this court order out, ordering the district, you will get the IEPs written up for these children. You you will use a, a child psychologist if need be. You will get them a, a a speech therapist if it's necessary. You know, and then at the bottom last paragraph, the judge writes, "I am embarrassed. I have to actually write a court order to order a school district that's supposed to do this by law." To actually do it, and, and I was like, you know, and I wrote and I said, I presented it at the board, and I before I presented it, I read that last paragraph, you know, and I was like, you know, this is what happens, man, you know, you can get enough people to actually not complain, but simply stand up for themselves, you you can get things done. Well, an important point is when you speak to government, it's almost always recorded. Some mm -hmm. of the smaller school districts, it's not, though. You could come in with your phone and record, and they can't stop you. Right. Um, but you're speaking to everybody that would be watching that recording. Right. So a lot of people won't take the time to go to a school board meeting, but they will watch it online and then get on the phone or the internet and send an email. And so you're speaking to that larger audience, not just the board that's in front of you. Right. And so, you know, so, you know, and, 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 and I'm sure, cause I'm, I think Fireball had some parents go to the Superior Court. I think there was some from Kings Canyon Unified that had parents at the Reedley mm -hmm. area. And so, uh, and they said, you know, well, you know, I, we can't afford attorneys, but there's a judge that will listen to us, you know. And that's why I, I used to, I knew um, Tony Ishii, uh, Judge Tony Ishii, the federal court judge now. Uh, and I knew him when he was in um, 
a municipal court judge in Selma. And uh, he was like, are you, are you running for, you know, for school board? And I, I thought I heard something about that. Cause he told my mom and he said, oh, yes, I am. And he goes, well, about time. He goes, because your mom would be proud of you because my mom passed away uh, six years ago. And she was a very strong activist for families and children. And, um, and so he was, you know, she'd be proud of you because, you know, uh, this school district needs to be torn down and then built again, rebuilt. And so I, I thanked him for that, you know, so. I, I kind of see this whole thing as a house of cards. Instead of strong foundation, you could kick out any one card and the whole thing could collapse. Mm -hmm. um, there are numerous schools that are in danger of being taken over. Yes. Bullard, Bullard High and Fresno High are Fresno darn High close yeah. um, by the state. And yet I've been in multiple board meetings and I never hear them address learning loss, ways to educate kids. It's let's talk about the happy things. And, and there are a little, there's a little bit with, yeah. you know, those kids that are really doing well, there, there's a, there's a tiny portion. Right. And then the rest of the kids are kind of just being left to flail with by the, on the, on their own. No. They're set adrift. No, I've, I've had, I've been walking the streets of area five and, uh, I've had parents, you know, uh, talk to me and they say, you know, I hear the superintendent say, you know, we have the highest paid long administrator in the nation. You know, I'm like, what does that, who cares? That yeah, that I'm, I'm not glad that I said, no, that, that's, well, how do you, and that's, how, what does that mean? I go, well, I don't know what it means. It just means that we, that we like pay, spending a lot of money because I'm sure we could have went to Minnesota and went through all the long folks over there and administered that for half the price and could have gotten it done. But we just want to raise somebody up in house, which is what we've always done and give them a very high price salary. And so, you know, it's just things like the President Unified does in promotions, uh, in terms of the, the um, programs that they submit, sometimes they just do not make a lot of sense. Well, if you have a board that's only concerned with being woke and not concerned with educating kids, that's what you get. You know, yeah. LA Unified decided to get rid of the D's and F's. Mm -hmm. Is Fresno Unified thinking about doing the same thing? I know they have another method around that, there's all kinds of, of gyrations about achieving that end state, whether it's getting rid of them or just simply great inflation. Yeah. We can, we, we, we can send an F student, and I've seen it done, who is a terrible, he will interrupt classes all through the year. Be a total, so, so it's not just failing in school, but also a behavioral Behavioral problem. problems. And we'll send them to summer school, and we'll give them a, a C grade, or even a D, because that's a passing grade in California. And, you know, and that'll, that'll be that, you know, the kid's happy, he's gone, he's in the next grade. Um, I was working in an election and a, a kid came to me looking to sign up and to vote and he couldn't read the, the, the document that you have to fill out to, uh, to register to vote. And he brought me his diploma from Sunnyside High School. So we, we as a district, graduated a kid who was functionally illiterate, you know. Well, if he can't fill out the voter registration form, how's he going to fill out a job application? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, a good validation, gentlemen, and audience, that, that it, it doesn't really matter getting rid of these and some great inflation because no kid has been held back if there's a unified in 20 years. So it doesn't, doesn't matter what grade they get. They'll, they'll make sure they pass on to the next grade. Somehow. Somehow. Yeah. And I actually um, can't get in depth on this topic for legal reasons for World Part of the Board, but I've been speaking publicly. I look at the kids' transcripts, the, the kids that have problems, 
And in the first quarter, we go down a quarterly system, even though we're in a semester system that's for another time. But uh, in the first quarter, you'll see little Johnny with or little Susie with um, five uh, S in a day. Second quarter, five S in a day. Third quarter, five S in a day. And then magically, magically, in the fourth quarter, I'm talking about a sample size of hundreds of kids. Fourth quarter, two A's, two B's, and two C's. So they average that D so that they get moved forward. So 1.3, so if you do that math, it comes out to 1.3%. And therefore, we met a legal sink. But wait a minute, how can I be looking at hundreds of arguably troubled kids, transcripts, and in the fourth quarter, there's a magic, and of course, the rationalization from downtown when I continue pushing this boulder up the street. Well, because a lot of teachers, trustee, um, you know, offer extra credit and, and things in the fourth quarter. Oh, Okay, I'm sure that's exactly what happened in 100% of these cases. And the, no, no push from the top. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Okay. So this is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. I am joined by trustee from the Fresno Unified School District, Terry, uh, Major Terry Sladek former U.S. Marine. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And also by a really concerned parent that has been stepping up for years and is finally getting around to running. What took <laughs> yes. you so long, Andy? Um, I, I never had, <laughs> uh, If you ever saw Carol Mills's, uh, uh website, it was a who's who of attorneys and money people in this city. And there was no way I was ever going to, I mean, the people I represent or come to me or those who are, are poor and in need. And so uh, I, there was no way I could possibly win, you know. Um, and so, but um, I'm not saying that her passing was a good thing. I'm just saying that it opened up a door. And um, a lot of people that could be helped and a lot of people recommending them to run. Um, most of them parents, it was like, uh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll give it my best shot and um, and we'll see what happens, you know. And um, uh one of the things I'm trying, I've been talking to him and I've been saying, you know, what I want to do is, you know, you parents who are coming to me, I want to be able to do something for you. And that is, uh, do what's for me. I'm going to call it what's called a trustee, uh, parent advisory committee. I started it with the superintendent when Michael Hansen was here. So it's like a subcommittee. Yeah. It's the, it's the super Michael Hansen. I used to go to him. I used to say, Michael, why do you think people come to board meetings and chew you out? When your administrators tell you everything is hunky dory, beautiful as, as everything in the sky. Okay. Why is that? Well, it's because they aren't telling you what's going on. But if you have parents, one parent who represents the entire school come to you and say, look, here it is. Here's what's wrong with my school. Here's what's right. And here's what's wrong. Now, you know, and now you can actually go to your administrators and say, I need you to fix this now. And we had it for a year. And then uh, Miguel Arias used to work in, in the communications department and was uh, Michael's right-hand man said, Michael, you don't need to do that, man. Forget parents. You want your programs, you put them in, you know, the hell with them. You know, and so it was like, and so it was like, you know, uh, the, the school district closed it. It was great because he got a lot of feedback and it was great. I want to do that same thing so that I can get the feedback from the schools that I represent that feed into Fresno High. And for one thing, let them know that I'm listening uh, to their problems and that I know their problems and that I'm going to get uh, services and, and correct those problems. Sounds like it's an entirely different approach. Um, yeah. Instead of it being, this is what we're doing from the top down. And I would say that a, a lot of school boards 
I would guess this one, they don't really consider them your kids. They're not the parents' kids, so it wouldn't matter what the parents have to say. Yeah. That about right? That's about right. That's um, about so right. having an approach where you are involving parents because of, and I don't have kids of my own, but of family, <laughs> um, the kids that had parents that were involved, that were going to school functions, all did dramatically better. Better, yes. And I can't imagine that is the, the case across the board. Right. So right. why would you not, as a school district, be doing everything you could to involve the kids' parents so that you'd have greater success rather than just ignoring them? I mean, let, let, me, let me jump on that for a second. If, if you were having or I were having, because I've had this discussion with, with downtown, you would call it Nelson or, or any appropriate assistant superintendents, who would report, oh, we do that. It's called the LCAP, Local Control and Accountability Program. With that is actually going on right now, um, a bunch of administrators go to a school, to a high school, and that area, the advertiser come in, and we want your feedback. Okay, when when this was happening in a real sense, this year, last year was virtual, it was a joke. The previous year was a complete farce. And my favorite illustration of this is the first high school in the batting room two years ago was Hoover. Big promotion, big uh, advertise, please come to this, we want your feedback. No one showed up. I mean, maybe one parent. It was the biggest catastrophe, and everybody was mortified, chagrined, and embarrassed. The next week, they had it at Fresno High, and just the parent, they brought in a couple thousand dollars worth of food, free childcare. I understand these are important. You know, it's the 6 p.m. function, but I went to this to to do the walk-around uh, uh, oversight thing that's within the purview, and half the people attending this live in the area were people that FTA, the Teachers Association, chilled and put on buses and sent them over there so we could look like we had a full room, a full room with 45 people. And, you know, it's like, is that really, I mean, I, I look at the Hoover example, do, do people, you know, people are so unengaged. I sent around, I'll send it to you when we get a picture um, of, the, of the, the, from the board dais last night, about halfway through the meeting, to a picture of the audience. The, the, the only guy in the back of the room was Mr. Fabella here. You know, I mean, the, everybody else in the, in the chairs, two or three people were staff. It, it's like, come on, guys. We're a failing school district. You come engage, and I understand some watch on TV and they can't get there. But remember, folks, we've got 75,000 kids, which, which you know, implies 140,000 parents, plus aunts and uncles and grandparents and advocacy groups. We've got 200 chairs. Please fill them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've been to a lot more Fresno Unified School Board districts than anybody. What's the largest number of people you've ever seen in that room? I mean, have you ever seen? Honest to God, I mean, and I don't mean to, to boast. When I receive an award uh, from Fresno Unified, uh, it's a, it's called uh, "You Make a Difference." It's an award given to a parent when they make they do something really really great in the school. And when I when the state of California taking my daughter to school over and I've gotten those parents over and we had turned it around and uh, they gave me an award for that. I mean, key component in that. and all the staff, I mean, 44 teachers were there. The administrators were there and about maybe 75 or 80 parents came. And so when they gave me the award, they were just like cheering and crying and everything. And I was, I felt great, but I was, that was the first time I've ever seen that, um, uh, that building full up 
that much. Out of 250 meetings, that, is that was it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was it. You know, the, I mean, I would have thought when you had, you know, the LGBTQ on the, on the agenda item, I would have thought you would have seen a whole bunch of them there. There weren't, you know. I would have thought when you have LCAP on the agenda item, right, and you're a parent and you want to talk about how, how you're, how, what kind of money your kid's going to get and how is it going to be spent, I would think you'd have a lot of parents there, but you don't, you know. And I think the large part about it is that we don't really promote it at the school level. You don't, you don't. So they don't know. They don't know. Not every parent has a computer where you can download the agenda. Well, they don't always have time. Exactly. Either. either. But if you go and you're picking up your kid, you can post that agenda up uh, on the on the window of the office or something, you know, and and, and they, where they can see it, you know, and well, browse it. I assume that every school has a phone number and an email, of contact yes. information for every student. Right. It'd be pretty easy. There, there's you several systems yeah. where you can program them all in and do not group text, individual text or individual emails. Right. We have a by just pressing one button, you yeah. can send five thousand of them. Yeah, well, we yes. have we have a teleparent, you know, uh, a communication system. We can send a, a communication to all the parents of the district and say, "This is what's on the agenda." You know, uh, and these are our A items or B items, and why don't you come? You do know? they send out notices like that that have to do with attending, say, school board meetings or LCAP meetings? In my nineteen years as yeah. a parent. Never in my three years as a trustee. Never. No. Huh. That's a paradigm, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's almost like they really don't want anybody to give them any feedback. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. This election uh, back in August third, when they, when Carmel passed away on the twenty second of July, they had a special meeting on August third. I was that to, to, That's right. You were to discuss that, and there was just you, myself, and Michelle Asadorian, and. Um, but you notice, was it advertised anywhere? Did anybody call anybody? No, it was never advertised. Never. But it was such an important meeting. You would think, man, I'd make sure all the parents mm -hmm. would be notified. At, at least from at, that district. Exactly. Right? At least from that area. Yeah. You know, I would say, you, but they didn't, you know. And so that's why I had, I had to go out and, and get on Facebook and say, look, all my friends, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to take your right to vote away from you because they want to appoint because they want to appoint somebody okay so get on the horn right now get on your emails and you start text you start writing them emailing them so when when the next board meeting came all of a sudden you see uh, then president davis say well we're going to have to remove the agenda item for uh for renaming for for appointing the uh, superintendent or the, the, the uh, trustee we're going to remove that from the uh, agenda because i didn't realize so many people in fresno high area wanted to appoint their own people you know, for their own person yeah. well if you had let them know maybe you would have not needed a couple of hundred three hundred four hundred emails to get you to know that you know so by using social media and and there's lots of forms of social media we can get the word out but if a parent isn't involved to do something like you did um it doesn't happen because they don't seem no. to want to hear they're they're involved with their own lives their their small life it's their, it's their own world their own little world and you know i just don't think parents have been, been made to know that although education is not going to solve all their problems is going to be an important part of it 
to their solutions, to their problems. Common sense and, and life lessons are definitely going to be another part on how you how you apply your education. Your your your, but but you know you you have to have that base, that foundation. Well, they seem to want to teach students on how to think, right. what to think, what to think rather so than how to read, right. how to do math, how to approach science with scientific method. Right. And with with those things, those tools would then allow them to figure out what it is they want to do. Yeah. It's like it's. They're more focused on indoctrination than education. Yeah. I mean, I will completely concede that there are fantastic teachers there in the classrooms that have a completely level playing field in terms of what old school things we all learned. There are some some radical leftists in these classrooms that are that are indoctrinating like that. And that's not even discussing the programs that, you know, I, I think we've discussed on your show, I think, um, how Every tenth grade girl is being given access uh, through the sex head as part of tenth grade biology birth control pills. That every parent is not being having the information pushed to them. Here's the uh, periods during tenth uh, grade biology where little Susie's going to have the sex head and be given birth control pill access. And if you want her to sit in the library do independent study, please sign here. You know, it's, it's it's all the parent has to be aggressively. You know, I. I uh, oversight of, of the school site, the kid, the curriculum every day. President Unified, in my opinion, is violating um, law or at least head code, but not pushing this information and uh, the parents have an opportunity to opt Susie out of the class because of their personal or religious needs. Uh, lack of transparency. Yeah. Uh, uh, a mother that I said called last night, she was telling me what happened with her child uh, at, at Bullard. She's in tenth grade in this in a chemistry teacher, but this chemistry teacher is teaching this uh, indoctrination stuff, right? But this teacher is giving all kinds of sexual connotations and stuff, and is this being really inappropriate in class? And when she the mother complained to the and I know Terry knows about this, when the mother complained to the to the administration at the district, you know, uh, they wouldn't listen to her. You know, they just like now nah, we're not gonna look into it. And they looked into it, and it wasn't no big deal. And so. Uh, in the end, what the district does is they just promote the vice principal to principal and they give them a, a school, you know. So, so that's what happens when you, when you don't when you're do your, inappropriate. When you're inappropriate. You, you, you don't, when you don't do your job as a vice principal, as an administrator. They reward okay, you. They reward you by, by giving you a principalship. And I thought that has got to be the craziest thing in the world, you know. That's kind of like the definition of insanity. Yeah. They keep doing the same things that are not actually educating the kids yeah. over and over. So when so when you have somebody that you, you, know, you, you it may be it may be good to to let a child like a daughter a girl know, you know what this does, what it is it affects you. But you want to you want to know who is teaching that to you too. And if it's somebody who does isn't all there, you know, or is inappropriate. Uh, as a parent, I would not want to near that person. Let me jump on that one with a little more granularity to, to put it in parent, looking at little Susie's context. The teacher in question, who shall remain nameless, um, is actually not the one, it's not, it's not sex ed. It's incorporated into that. Um, very inappropriate comments. <clears throat> I look, in, or I'm, I'm able to determine his record jacket over his many years at the school site. There's nothing written in it. All these allegations first came out some time back, and um, I'm like, 
things. This guy just suddenly loses his mind now. And so I happen to have my four kids who attended Bullard High School, home out of high school now, and we're having dinner. And not home, home, but they happen to be home for dinner. I just, hey, did any of you guys have so-and-so for such and such class over the years? And one of my <coughs> kids did. It would have been back in you know, nine years ago. I said, did he ever act odd and do weird things? And like, well, yeah, he did. And I said, like this and like this. And I got very example. I was like, oh, he did that all the time. So this was going on nine years ago in this nine-year interim nothing's ever been written down but that's the nature of this place but if you set up a situation where you're behaving like no evil monkeys you know see no evil hear no evil speak no evil then you don't have to know about the problem correct no 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 oh that's that's you know i i am quite public about that situation two years ago at toronto's middle school where the, the principal allowed 70 people to camp out on the campus over spring break and film a movie Oh, yeah. and, and, the, and, the, and the whole thing, what could possibly go wrong with that? Wow. Right? And the after I have a smoking gun letter that it happened, plus a lot of stuff was stolen, it turned out you know, the excuse was, well, I didn't know I couldn't do that. You've been a principal for six years. And you don't know that you can't give away a school site for two weeks over spring break. Oh, come on. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Um, and... So I assume this person was immediately fired, right? One would like to think no. that did not happen. No the person way. got nothing uh, other than the, the most minimal thing that disappeared after a short period of time, and there's no record of it. Yeah. So kind of a slap on the wrist. No, not and, even and a slap as, on. And as soon as. I would say a stern look. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and take another break. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. Today I'm joined by somebody that is a concerned parent and has now decided to throw his hat in the ring to try to fix the Fresno School School District. He is running for the trustee position in District 5, which is the Fresno High area. I'm also joined by Major Terry Sladek. He is a trustee for District 7. District 7. Bullard High School. Yay, Bullard. <laughs> Thermos. Okay. Um, and we're talking about solutions. One last point on the validation of the problem before we get to the solutions is I had this phenomenal sit-down with Sheriff Mims a few months back. And that revealed that in her 16, 15 years as an elected sheriff of a county with over a million people population, that Fresno County Jail, which everyone under Indian law enforcement underestimates uh, the average daily census. Eric, how many people in Fresno County Jail on the average day? Uh, I would guess 500. 2,500. It's a big jail. They hit 3,000, they hit 3,000 judges start getting crazy, but they get done, but it's called 2,500. She's been doing grade level reading assessment on the inmates in the Fresno County for 15 years using the exact same standard. So it's not like in public education where every two or three years we change the metrics. So we need three more years to correlate them with the last set. It's all that, that, that smoke and mirrors crap. She's been using the same thing and, and say absolutely that grade level aptitude of Fresno County jail inmates reading is the fourth grade level, fourth grade. 
fourth grade, which is consistent. You know, the uh, 2,000 kids we give diplomas to who read, write, and do math at the elementary school level. Right. They may not all be fourth, but a lot of them are. Yeah. Right. Some that are fourth. Right. And some some that are six. Some are six. And yeah. you know, let's hang our head on that. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I, there's I, some yeah, I want to be positive. Right. Yeah, I, I love to say, and I say it anytime, you know, there's a microphone in front of me that a fourth grade reading, writing, and math uh, education after 12 years of school gives you fundamentally three uh, options in terms of career farm labor, uh, possibly fast food, mm -hmm. and robbing the house. They might also be able to work as a gardener. Not the boss. Not, certainly not the, not boss. the boss. No. That's farm labor. Yeah, most to some of those extent. guys yeah. are going to be ripping you off because they're not contractors. You know, they're not, you know, they don't have, they're not filling out tax forms and stuff. Right. So, you know, because you can't count, you know, they could probably say, oh, you know, he's not going to miss, you know, 20 bucks off his paycheck, you know. So, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be funny to see, you know, they give you those little books. They'll tear a book off and throw it in a, on a bunk in the pod, what I said. And you see people looking at that book and saying, I can't read this, you know. But uh, I, one of the things I, one of the problems I've, or I've told by a former teacher of mine, my daughter's second grade teacher, was that and he worked at Wilson Elementary. And Wilson was one of the schools that is targeted for low reading levels. And so, so we they, need to fix that. We want to fix it. The district put out a plan called E-World, I believe it's called. And what that is, is that they train the teachers on how to use different types of skills like fonts and, you know, uh, how to teach them how to use, uh, or really just training them how to use, see what, what does OU stand, how does it sound with a GH at the end or TR in front, that kind of thing, right? It takes about three years. They go through training three years. One of the problems he said is that after they get the training, they transfer to other schools. So the, but the, most importantly, they'll transfer to a school north of Shaw, in the Hoover or the Bulletin area, where you don't need those schools where people are reading great. So all that training that you just spent on that teacher to help those kids read is now gone. And he said that was one year when uh, 26 teachers or 20, 31 teachers learned, got the training, 26 left. And of the three uh, administrators there, uh, one principal and two vice principals, two of the VPs left. So you're basically gutted the school because of transfers. And that training helped nobody at that school. And my solution to that is for a teacher to get that kind of training and be at that school, you have to remain at that school at least for, for, for like five years at least to have that training take effect you know, and see how it was working. You know, that's, that's the only way we were, that's the only way you can get data on it. It's the only way that's going to help kids go from, you know, from really from second grade to sixth grade and, and help them to, to be good readers, you know, hopefully, you know. Um, the other thing is we have children that, like, as Terry said, go into high school, you know, their, their grade level of reading is, you know, third and uh, second grade when you get into ninth grade, right? And Fresno Unified has such wonderful programs, CTE programs, you know, biomedical doctors program, nursing. Well, all but the it, AP programs are working. That's right. not the, where things are right. falling apart. No, 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 right. no. But the thing about it is, is that they want they, they keep sending this that these are all these wonderful programs. But how is a child with a third grade reading level going to be able to understand anything that's chemical in chemistry or anything that's medical? Or, or even discuss uh, in my school an international baccalaureate program and those types of textbooks because you can't understand what you're reading.
You know, so what good are all these wonderful programs? It's just really not so much a waste of money. It's just that we're not, the students are not taking maximum uh, advantage of it. Well, they can't. They can't. They can't. You have to get them saved in reading yeah. elementary school or, or, or elementary the battle's school. over. Yeah. So what you're saying is almost with the older kids, you almost have minimal hope. You can't, it, it's not that you can't fix it, but it's going to be much more harder to fix it. The yeah. place to focus right. is at the younger grades. So, so somebody needs to, to, to answer for me at the senior level uh, staff downtown. Well, they have answered, but I'm going to tell you what the answer is. It's not good. Okay, why don't we keep little Johnny back in third grade for a second year? Why don't we keep little Susie back in fourth grade for a second year? And my get is, well, trustee, all the, the, um, um, educational, professional um, um, education uh, dogma says that if you do that, you'll hurt their self-esteem for life. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they're not prepared to live in a meritocracy. Right. Yeah. And my retort is, I'm sure being in jail or living under a bridge when they're 22 is not going to be good for their self-esteem either. But the, the problem is, one trustee can ask all the hard questions. It takes four, five, six, or seven trustees to implement stuff. Yeah. Also, I really, one last point that you brought up before that has to be pounded for a moment because of its validity, the term learning loss. This radical left board won't even admit that there is learning loss. By I mean COVID and virtual learning. And what we're going to find, it's not just gone down when we were virtual, it's gone completely down. I had a report one uh, last week that came in, the, you probably saw it in the, in the board communications which are public documents mm -hmm. out of all the substitute teachers that we had in the fall which was a giant number because of covid content tracing all that that crap um only three less than three percent you need a, a special teaching credential to teach math or science in middle school and high school you need a, a, a college degree or minor yeah. only three less than three percent of the substitute teachers in uh, FUSD, which is a giant school district, third in the state, had the appropriate credentials as substitutes to teach math or science. And they pay more than a lot of the surrounding school districts for that substitution. 35% oh, yeah. more. And we're still paying this person, and, and I'm, I, I'm out of my mind with this, and, and no one's asking this. How many of the substitutes teaching math and science have the appropriate credentials? 2.8%. And that's, and that's a giant number, 367. So it's 10 out of 367. Yeah. Now, you, you were talking about the AP students. Well, I, I mean, and I'm not, I haven't checked into this, but I, I got $1,000, okay? I'll bet you that every one of those AP classes and the teacher that, that teaches it is probably credentialed in that class, in that subject, okay? You go to the other, let's say it's algebra, AP algebra. But if you go to the regular algebra class, okay, where the students are regular students, you're probably going to find a, a, a teacher in there that uh, uh, went to UC Davis and has a degree in art appreciation or in archaeology or something. Nothing has completely nothing to do with it. And the thing about it is you'll have the math department uh, 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 director there at the high school. She will make out packets, daily packets for that teacher. The teacher is going to say, here you go, work on this. Okay, and then turn it in at the, end, at the end of the class, and then see you later, you know. We're running down on time, so I know you wouldn't be doing all this if you weren't hopeful. 
in 45 seconds can you about tell me why you're hopeful what why how can we fix this are there contact places and then you're gonna go last okay um i'm hopeful i'm i believe that we're going to uh get four or five four or five board seats of sane people in this election cycle to find in the april 12th special election and four seats that are up in the november election um they're phenomenal people that will be declaring for those four and want the same things that, that we want we will get that um to go on for, for for an hour but the point is we the, the right people are in the right places are going to throw their hats in the ring and say this is wrong we have to fix it it's just like mr favela here but there's there's another one in district one there's another one in district four uh four um, you have to have the right citizens the, the right constitutionalist mentality to step up and say we got to fix it and those people are here and i can, i look forward to having them sit in that any favela chair i'm i am enthusiastic yes. about them i have met them but yeah uh for me i i i'm i have to be hopeful because i the time is the clock is ticking children are passing through our, our school district day after day year after year and we have to help them and when i get on that trustee seat i'm going to have a discussion with every one of my I, my my uh administrators have them in that board meeting room and say i am here not for you to like me but for you to do your job okay and if i have to get censured because i'm doing an administrative work i'm going to schools to help those people those parents there those children so be it okay i want just i'm just gonna work as hard as i possibly can for parents just like i have been right now well i thank you both this is eric rollins the constitutionalist here on 1550 kxcx the best talk in town